0: Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Kneeling, not standing. I'm joined by Kerry Hiddleston. Um, Kerry, uh, I suppose we got to know each other through working together on uh, a a TV program, DIY SOS. Um, We can't obviously talk about too many projects there, but um, that's how we met each other. I feel like you have an interesting story. I contacted you. I said I'd get you on. So um, thanks very much for having me in your home.
1: Not at all. You didn't give me much choice, but here I am anyway.
0: Don't tell the listeners that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, um, I suppose, you know, we're going to get into your life story and stuff like that. So, oh, um, God, okay, yeah. But your, I suppose, your, your, your upbringing, what was your childhood like? Where you, where are you from? Where did you come
1: from? Um, so I grew up in a small town in the west coast of Scotland, which is probably a bit similar to, I'd say, Greystones or somewhere like that in terms of size. Um, and went, I was, went to school there, went to St Andrews to University, Studied languages, which I know is not much use for interior design. And yeah, I had a great time, great upbringing. One brother, kind of just nice, happy family life, to be honest. Nothing too exciting there. Um, Went to university and studied languages. Discovered partying, because I played a lot of sports as a kid, so I didn't really have a drink till I went to university. Discovered that was quite good crack, and I remember... One of the days we had to pick our subjects that we were going to be able to take. I was doing languages. We had to basically pick our different modules. And the night before, I went out, and I ended up sleeping in and got lumped with Breton French, which is a mixture between Welsh and French, as a module for an entire year. And I had to write a thesis on what was it called? King Arthur and the chivalric romance and the notion of the epic, which I still don't know today what that means.
0: Sounds very. That's helpful. what
1: happens if you go out and you don't get up early and pick your modules. So yeah. So I ended up with a, um, a degree in languages, in French and German, and psychology, actually. And then, this is really convoluted actually, so then anyway, I was going to France, I was going to do translation work, and I came over to Ireland because my mother's Irish, went to visit her brother, my uncle Paddy, who's like a second dad to me, and he said, if you're going over to France to do interviews for jobs, then you should really do some interviews here first for practice. Um, so then I came over to Ireland, did a job interview for a bank, and they said, oh, you're quite good at maths, and put me forward for a job in actuarial, so I ended up working at actuarial for years. Uh, it turns out I'm good at maths, but not that good at maths, and didn't like it very much.
0: So did, you, did, you, get in, sorry, did you get into that, then, um, you know, you fell into it, pretty much?
1: Fell into it, completely fell into it, yeah. Basically went for a job interview to practice interviewing, but in English, before I went over to France. And it happened to be for a bank that was a subsidiary of a company that my uncle worked for, so it was complete nepotism. He's like, here, I'll get you an interview. Um, and then turned out that there was a maths test. I did really well in it, and they pushed me onto the actuarial department. I actually had to Google what an actuary was. <laughs> I didn't actually know what an actuary was. And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, you need like 600 and something points to get into actuarial. That's actually a really good job. I said, grands! I'll give it a go, which is what I normally do. And um, I did it for years, actually. and To be fair, I learned a lot from it, and it was actually great crack. I worked in Irish life. It was all like mostly kind of like Irish people working there. We just like worked really hard. We're all good mates. We went out. We had great crack, and just ended up staying in Ireland for years. And I discovered then, like I didn't think I ever wanted to be an actuary. But it was a very good learning experience and I kind of drifted more towards like the kind of accounting side of things and then someone said oh we'll pay you more money if you qualify as an accountant so I did as I was told so I qualified as an accountant and then worked in there for years basically kind of fell into that as well
0: yeah so you just seem to be kind of falling into, well, in, it's, it's into good of, jobs, but, well, like yeah, the but, it's good jobs
1: but I think it's very much a case of like I think my attitude's always been if somebody gives you an opportunity, and you think it sounds like something interesting, or it's a good opportunity. Just give it a go and see what happens. Now, it's not that I always ended up staying in whatever that opportunity was, but it led to something else. Yeah, and I suppose that's the way. Well, that's the way life works, really, isn't it? Yeah, because like
0: I know, especially these days, like jobs like that had to come by. You know, yeah. you know, and opportunities like that had to come by.
1: Yeah. No, to be fair, and I was very lucky. I mean, I suppose as well at the time when I was starting off working, it was in 2000 and there were loads of jobs. Like I was working at a time where, you know, this if you a wanted a tiger, job, you could it? get a job. Yeah, exactly. So kind of worked through that and, you know, there were loads of opportunities and we were pretty well paid and we were very lucky when you think back to, you think what the sort of the financial situation and climate is like just now, the stage that I left university and started working, we were very, very lucky. And I don't think we really realized that at the time, but you'd, you know, looking back, we were.
0: Yeah. 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 Cause like even when my dad was working, like it was it, it was the time of the boom really, wasn't it? Yeah, so like totally. everybody was and we were
1: well paid. And we were paid enough like we like I had a nice flat in a nice part of town. It wasn't like taking up eighty percent of my salary, you know, like we were. We had great crack, like it was great. And I loved it here so much and I started going out with an Irish guy, um not the one I married, but um I went out with him for about five years and then by that stage I was kind of settled here. And moved on to another job and got promoted. It just kind of kept getting promoted, and then met my then husband. And so then, yeah, that was the end of. Wasn't going to get to France anytime soon at that stage. Yeah. So, so no, no French husband and well-behaved French children.
0: For um. Me. And what about French holidays?
1: I ah, yeah, sure do those every yeah. five minutes, according to Stephen Brennan.
0: <laughs> Shout <Should've seen me laughs> out to you, love that now. Stephen,
1: he says I go on way too many holidays. Which, yeah.
0: yeah. And funny enough, he left us um a while back. He did go to holiday. go on
1: holiday, yeah exactly. But we can't go into that. Yeah. But, but he but did. did. Yeah, he left in the middle of something to go on holiday. So
0: Yeah. But uh top man Stephen. Um yeah. so I suppose t- talk to me then through I suppose yeah meeting your meeting your husband and you know um life life now, you know?
1: So I met so I met him at work and we well, very quickly after we met at work, I was like, I'm not working with you. I actually yeah. worked for him. So I was like so worked for him again for, I don't know, a few months afterwards. And I was like, listen, if I'm going to be spending that much time with you, I'm not working for you. See yeah. you later. Don't shit, not very good at being told to what to do. Yeah. So basically in work, he was allowed to tell me what to do. And that did not sit well with me at all. So I jumped ship and went somewhere else. Um, and then we, well, we got married and had four kids very, very quickly. So um got married, wanted to have kids, sort of straight away, didn't happen. Went through the usual panic of, like, will we be able to have kids and all the rest of it. Um, Rather ironically then, just as we were kind of starting to get concerned about it, I got pregnant. And then I had my son, Will, and then literally came back from maternity leave and had to go to my boss. Sorry, I'm pregnant again. So he was delighted with that. Um, And then came back after that, this is actually really embarrassing and I wonder why my career stalled um, and then came back after that one and then I was like ah, just to let you know I'm pregnant again and this time it's twins so I had um, four kids under the age of four basically um, and at that point the place that I was working in, um, we'd been bought over by another co- company they were looking for people to take voluntary redundancy and all the rest of it and I think at that point trying to get out the house with four children out of four. Under four in the morning was pretty taxing. So I said, yes, I've been here 10 years. I'll take the money and run. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah. How, how is kind of that, like having four kids, as you said, you know, pretty much year after year. And then yeah. you're you're then having to maybe go and work. And was that tough on you financially or anything like that?
1: Um. Well, I don't know. We were lucky. Like, I mean, I had a very good job and my husband had a very good job. So, I mean, we were kind of okay financially in that perspective psychologically <laughs> i don't really remember i actually genuinely don't like i'm not just saying that i don't really remember very much between 2012 and 2016 it was just a complete blur i mean i was i don't think i slept i don't I haven't had a lie I actually still have not had a line i don't think since 2011 bring out your tiny violins yeah. but um yeah so yeah so it was it was tough but i suppose it was i mean in a way i didn't mind going to work at the time because I, like I quite enjoyed my job. I fell into it, but like I mean, I liked the people I worked with, and it was good crack, um, and it was fairly stimulating. And I'll be honest with you, having a childminder come in, and me having that walk to work, and sitting in an office where nobody followed you to the bathroom, otherwise you could sue them, um, and you could drink hot like cup of coffee and stuff, was actually quite nice. So it was quite a big decision to sort of take redundancy because, you know, I, I felt slightly guilty. I enjoyed going to work. But I just don't think and I have a lot of respect for people who stay at home and stay at home mothers like fair play to them. Yeah. I just do not have the patience. And I thought having four children might teach me some patience. Yeah, because no, my ma- my not taught me any.
0: She she stayed at home and married yeah. me, my brother, and my sister. Yeah. So yeah. So fair
1: no, play to her. I mean, I think there's a hell fair of a lot play, more. Matt. Yeah, fair play. Uh, I just I think I would have struggled. Like genuinely. It's just
0: it's for some people for, after, yeah, it is totally forever.
1: some people are just so naturally take to it and then other people you know I mean sometimes you don't, people don't have a choice as well and they have to stay at home or they have to work you know yeah, I, yeah. I was very fortunate so and I kind of chose yeah. to work but I also had a very very wonderful childminder who's still with us who we've had since like my son was six months old mm. so you know I, th- I know a lot of people struggle because it's hard to find the cover and stuff, whereas we were lucky that we had the same lady that stayed with us and still yeah, is yeah. with us.
0: But it also it, it can depend on kind of financially as well. Like, you well know, no, totally, Tom yeah. Was was in a good job so she didn't have to yeah. you know, she was able to stay home and make our breakfast and lunches Yeah. and, 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 and it's and the nice.
1: cost of childcare as well. I mean, for a lot of people it doesn't make financial sense to go to work sometimes.
0: Yeah. No, definitely, you know, yeah. No, so, no, I mean, I,
1: when I think back, I mean, the only thing I would say thinking back about my life is that, and that sounds really, oh God, I'm only 44, but nothing, nothing has ever worked out the way I've planned it, and I don't suppose it does for a lot of people, but I've actually been very, very, very fortunate, like it's kind of gone like that, and I've totally fallen into a lot of things, but I've also been very, very lucky, you know, I started working at the right, I didn't start working in the middle of a recession, got a good job you know, wonderful family and just, you know, didn't have to make that choice between children, work, etc. Was able to do both. So yeah. yeah. So I was very lucky, to be fair. And then whenever I took redundancy at that stage, um, our child mind her nicely put some manners on them, so it was a lot easier. <laughs> All the hard work was done.
0: How is that? Because, like, some people kind of... Maybe regret it later in life that they yeah. didn't, maybe see the, the kids, or, or they're the ones that are teaching the to make manners. I don't feel guilty, Paul. No, no, I'm, ju- I'm just asking <laughs> from, from your actual own point
1: <laughs> No, of no. But I don't feel guilty. I don't at all. I know that sounds no, really some bad. Some people do. I don't no, to totally. You, but... And some people do. But I don't feel like I was very lucky. So I worked in a job whereby it was relatively nine to five ish. Okay, well, it was a bit longer than that. But it was kind of five days a week. It wasn't crazy hours. And, you know, My kids woke up ridiculously early, so I had a good few quality hours before I went to work Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a good few quality hours in the evening. And, you know, I worked in a place that had great maternity leave and it was very, you know, know, they're very flexible and they're very understanding. So, and also, like, our childminder is wonderful, has a hell of a lot more patience than I do. And, like, they had, and also my mother was around as well. So they kind of had the best of both worlds. And I don't, I'm not going to get all feminist about it, but, you know, I don't think for a second men feel guilty. About yeah. not staying home straight away, so I don't see why I should.
0: I think they're there's, they're starting to kind of come out over work now. Um, the stay at home dads. They proper. are.
1: Well, actually, do you know my husband was actually on gardening leave from his like previous job there for about a year, and I think he would have been happy not to go back to work. He was delighted. He was like hanging out in the park, having the chance. Yeah. It's like this is amazing. Was that during
0: COVID times?
1: Eh, uh, no, it wasn't. So it was just like just literally earlier this year. Oh okay. Yeah, so I'd say, you know, it was tough enough during COVID.
0: Yeah. Well, I suppose, talk me through your your journey then from having the kids and and where did you pick up from there
1: Um, after
0: the redundancy? So
1: after redundancy, so I was at home for a bit and I I suppose because I fell into the finance kind of area, I suppose I I said, like, listen, I've kind of gotten paid to leave and I have enough money to do me for a year or two. Um, And I think it's, I, I know I want to work, but I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. So I think I need to find out what I want to do. And simultaneously, we would like, bought, like, this wreck of a house um, and, you know, kind of hadn't done it up straight away. And then we did it up ourselves with an amazing builder. And I actually, a lot of people get really stressed out about that kind of thing. I mean, I am a bit of a stress head, but I actually quite enjoy the process and was...
0: You don't, you, you might say that, but you don't look stressed. when like, any time I've ever seen you... No, I don't you don't know, I'm it. always... You're like, good at hiding it.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm very good at hiding it, but, like... Yeah, under the surface, the I'm like Come
0: crazy. <laughs>
1: well, I swear, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of that it goes under the surface, but I'm always, always try to be quite then Yeah, at work anyway, even if I'm panicking to hell. Yeah, and I do panic a lot, but I just kind of. I suppose it's
0: what people see on the outside. Like yeah. you could be going hundred like miles, everything, oh, yeah, everything yeah, okay. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's And you're going. <laughs>
0: shit. Yeah,
1: yeah. there's a lot of those moments.
0: So, so how was it then with the house? Because you said you're, you're stressing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so it wasn't all well, nice really. Yeah,
1: and but the thing is. I think a lot of people and anyone who's done up their own house, it can be a horrifically stressful process and it doesn't go smoothly. And I actually enjoyed it and was quite good at it and find it came quite naturally to me. And it was something that I really enjoyed doing, but I didn't really think an awful lot about it at the time. And then I can't remember, was it the, maybe might have been the Irish Independent or the Times. Anyway, somebody basically said, can we take some photos of your house? for like an interiors thing took a few photos did an interview that was grand and then like the blue somebody phoned me and said they were from that program home of the year and said would uh, i RTE, do yeah, yeah an RT exactly and they said would i do that and my first reaction was like a bit oh i don't know because it's i don't know i felt like it might be a bit invasive but then at that stage i'd had a couple of people ask me to help them with their house and i think in the back of my head i was kind of going this could actually be an opportunity to do this for a job. So anyway, so I said Ball yes into to something again. Yeah, I know. Um, so, so I said yes to that. Well, again, I just was like, well, isn't it a good opportunity? Most people would probably kill for it. So I was like, grand. Yeah. Um, I kind of just say yes, and then I work out how to do it later is basically how yeah. I yeah. work.
0: Apologise after. Yes,
1: yeah, it's, yeah. it's better to seek for realness. Um, So I said yes to that. And at the same time, I went and applied and did interior design course in Dublin Institute of Design. Went in the program, got through the final, got a lot of coverage out of it. At this stage, just kind of started my own business, did a few houses.
0: So what years is, is this? This was 2020?
1: pre-COVID. This would have be been a couple of years pre-COVID. So what's that? So this is how brain I am these days. Yeah.
0: In and around then? In 2019? Yeah. Slash,
1: like not that long ago when you think yeah. about it. So when you think about like the stage that I'm at now, um, it kind of snowballed. Yeah, because I, I looked
0: it up on there. Uh, uh an article last night because i always do a bit of research beforehand um i was on evoke or something that said 2020 yeah and it wouldn't come up on the well then it player. must be true
1: if it was on evoke
0: well there you, you go know. but uh <laughs> i um i went to the player and i couldn't find the episode because i was trying to watch it back just to see
1: thank it. god for that yeah, yeah there you are but all the
0: seasons are there before all the seasons the are,
1: yeah i know no, maybe i just paid someone well enough to delete mine <laughs> um so yeah so but it just snowballed and i think the thing is with that kind of thing it's, and obviously we've met through like another television program and that's, you know, great for profile and all that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, if you're going to do any type of interior design, you do a job, you do it well. And one person tells their friends and then the friends, yeah, and it goes like mouth. it's exponential that way. So I'd say within the space, like I started off whichever year it was going, oh, listen, I'll see if this is viable. And I had the option to do that because I had been paid off from my other job. But the sort of finance part of my brain said, like, Kerry, if you can't make as much money doing this as you can going back into the office and you have four kids, like, you know, you need to, it's not, it can't be a hobby job or an indulgence. It needs to be an actual viable business. And then by the end of, God, I'd say even a year, a year and a half, I was kind of flying it. So, and ever since, yeah. So I've been very, very lucky.
0: So like you never were like... You're obviously very creative, and y- yeah, y- you know. Y- I
1: think I'm, I think there's there's actually a balance of I've always and even before I went to uni, I, know I did languages, but I did as equally well in like mathematical subjects and physics and stuff as I did in languages. So I think there's like there is that little bit of a balance here. And at the end of the day, I run my own business, and it doesn't matter whether your business is creative or whether you run an accounting firm or whatever it is you're doing. When you run your own business, there's a very small percentage of it that is actually the nice creative part of it. It's also about budget, well, especially like in Tears So it's all about like budget spreadsheets, all the usual, and you're doing your drawings accounts. And yeah, and draw- yeah, so it's all, it's it's quite techy, even though I think, uh, you know, it, yeah, it can seem see quite sheets. kind of pretty and fluffy and all the rest of it, but like, you know, if you're going to have like technical drawings of somebody, you know what I mean? It's all about dimensions and yeah. spatial awareness, but which I think people... you can't just come into it being like super creative because you're not going to be able to get things done correctly yeah well we see know?
0: certain people like if i see like drawings or something i'm like what's that i know like, yeah it, it just, just
1: to make sense of it yeah, yeah you but need like to, have it to you it. it's like
0: oh that's Done, 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 done. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but there's so much thing, there's so much uh, in the background that people don't see. Like, for example, this, like with all the cameras and lights and stuff like yeah, that, yeah. like people just think it's a uh, yeah, mic just, I know Do it's just know like I mean? that. Yeah, it's, yeah, totally, it, it, yeah, it is kind of an illusion to, to some people, but obviously, the, the work that you're putting in, like, I've seen your, your following yeah. online is huge as well. Yeah, um, but
1: that's helped a lot as well. I mean, I think, I mean. The whole social media thing. I mean, I know there's a lot of rubbish out there as well, but I do think that you know, if you if you are a small business owner or you are starting your own business, you know, you can't underestimate the power of being able to kind of promote what you're doing in that respect. I do think it works. Like, I mean, I do think I have an awful lot to thank for that as well.
0: Yeah, because I I look like the stuff that you put up and stuff like that. It's genuine. It's real. Whereas obviously we know social media these days can be very fake and everything like that but what you're putting out is what people maybe identify with you know people who are into interior design want to follow you because they're interested in interior design and so on
1: yeah well it's yeah it's about showing kind of the process of it as well um and it is all just kind of purely you know and i'm quite fussy about what the actual post images are that they are like things i'd stand over and be proud of at the end yeah and then obviously there's like my personal one which is just me
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> more,
1: more realistic life
0: yeah uh, x-rated stuff um, yeah, yeah yeah indeed no but see with like the interior design yeah i just think that's that's like amazing the fact that you just were like i'm just gonna go with it here and you've really made a go of it and you know you've mm. it's it's a business in which i'd probably say it's thriving for you
1: yeah no it is it's amazing actually i'm very 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 lucky to be fair um, but I think as well. I remember at the beginning. I think it's very much a case of. I think if somebody says, ah, "Come on, like seriously, you're not going to be able to do that." Like, and my attitude has always been: first of all, if somebody gives you a good opportunity, you give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? You fail. Like, what's, you know, that's how you learn. Yeah. I, mean, I don't see why people are so scared about that kind of thing. And also as well, like, if somebody says to you, "Oh, you can't do that," like my attitude would be, "Like, fucking watch me."
0: Yeah. No, I'd be. You know, be like I'm so
1: competitive and I'm such a bad loser. And I think if you're if you're a bad loser, you either need to change your attitude or you need to get better at winning. Yeah. Do you know? And I'd just you know I'd go for That's the. It's a good
0: way of uh, of thinking about it. To be fair, yeah. um, but I do like sometimes as well that that fear of failure. Like I know you said there, you said people shouldn't fear, but I think sometimes that drives people too. Yeah. Like people want want to be successful, and the fear of failing will drive them on then to be oh, successful no, totally. as well.
1: Yeah, but I think you can't be successful unless you fail. You like, in some aspects. In, yeah. in some aspects, yeah. I mean, failure is how you learn. Yeah. Do you know? It is. I mean, like there's so many things that I've realized as I've gone along. I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Okay, well, I'll never do that again. And you know, you just keep, you know, everything, everything, it's not necessarily failure, but you know, just things that didn't work out the way that you'd necessarily anticipated that, you know, you learn from it. You say, well, you know, that's certainly not going to happen again. Yeah, And that's how you kind of grow and you progress. But I have been, I mean, I've just, I try, like I work really hard and, I try to be very nice to people. <laughs> I know that sounds really basic.
0: Yeah. But
1: you know, but I just mean, as in, if you're nice to people, they'll be nice to you, they'll help you out, they'll recommend you. And, you know, I just, it's just worked out so far.
0: Mm, but do, would you not just say that's just you being you in some aspects? Like, I don't see that as you putting it on. No,
1: but I just mean, as and I think sometimes people underestimate the power of just like being nice to people. a decent person <laughs> you know yeah I mean? you no which
0: is which you is you don't fair.
1: need to be a yeah, hard be- ass and kind of all that sort of stuff i just i don't think people identify with can that can it really. be
0: challenging though so say you, like and, and obviously don't name names but yeah. if you've been if you've been you know dealing with i don't know a, a family or whatever that you know you've gone in and you've done work for them and you do it and then they're saying this is wrong and that's wrong. So how, how do you approach that?
1: Um, well, I haven't really actually, and I'm not, I'm not lying about this, I haven't actually had that. I've had, I've had a couple of jobs where maybe they haven't kind of gone to the finish line because some things have changed circumstances along the way. I've had, I've had a few issues here and there, but I mean, I think if there's an issue, then you just, you deal with it. I think nobody really minds too much as long as you kind of try and fix whatever's going wrong. But no, I mean, the part of my job is to make sure that kind of doesn't happen and to, I mean, like there's various different projects and there's some projects obviously we work on as well, like TV ones in particular, which are tighter timelines than the regular ones. And that's just like constant problem solving. But I mean, I think with anything, as long as you hold your hand up and you say, well, listen, that hasn't worked. Let's try this. I don't think anybody, you know, at the end of the day, you're just trying to get it done.
0: Yeah. Do you find since you've you've gone into the interior design like you've I suppose learned new skills because you like marketing be one if I, if yeah. I look at your Instagram like yeah. you know it's quite high numbers if you've marketed yeah. that well then I suppose you know you're, you're well like you would have been dealing with people through your yeah. accountancy and stuff so like yeah. that but more so maybe uh, I suppose in 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 their environment
1: a lot more people like a lot more softer skills and people skills like I did work obviously in offices with lots of people and I managed people but I think there's a there's a big difference between the type of people that you interact with in a professional financial institution than day-to-day life. And I think the thing about interior design in particular is that you can be interacting in some ways with some you know, if it's a commercial with business people or it could be private clients and some of them can be more demanding than others. And then you can be the person that's stuck in the middle between them and their architect and the builders. And you might have people from very, very different walks of life and very different experiences and very different personality types. And you're kind of in the middle. So there's a lot of hostage negotiation sometimes. Yeah. Um, you, you can find yourself that it's a lot, there's a lot more psychology and handholding and yeah you sometimes feel like you're people's psychologist as well yeah too. along the way yeah definitely because it is, it's especially with the more especially with the private residential stuff you know people do take it very personally it's their home and people can get very stressed about it and you're the one that typically will be exposed to that stress
0: yeah it's like i can imagine you know i think obviously we on projects we've worked on you you might have a more time to f- kind of figure things out, but when you yeah. when a customer is on to you and and stuff like that, does it make it easier when you when you know what you have to do or, did, or are you going in blank or what way does it work?
1: What's the sorry, in terms of
0: in, in, when you're actually like a customer gets onto you or whatever, like, yeah. how long would it take you to to do it all? Are you going in blank there or do they say oh, you, you mean like the process like yeah, yeah. so
1: so somebody would get in contact with me and if you you know if you have the availability, then you arrange a consultation. so you go into their house and then that's one to two hours of you going through everything that they want to achieve and sort of understanding the brief and making sure, I mean, obviously they want to make sure that, well, typically if they contact you they want to work with you because they've normally checked out what you do but it's also a two-way process that you make sure that, you know, the project that they're proposing is exciting for you because there's no, like, and I have learned from experience there's no point in taking something on just because you kind of think oh, I shouldn't say no to anything. I've gotten much more choosy in that I don't say yes to something unless I think it's exciting and i can bring something to it because i've done i've done things before where i've just kind of thought listen you're just doing it because you feel like you can't say no because it's a new business and i'm not at that point anymore which is good um and so you have a consultation and then we decide we want to work with each other and then i just i go away and i say well this is going to be x amount for me to design depending on the sort of nature scale and complexity of the project, so is that a whole house, is it an area of a house, what is it, or is it show houses or development. Um and then you price that, and you tell them that's for the designs, for you know, all the drawings and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um and then thereafter I say if you want to go away with all the contacts I've given you and do it yourself, fine, on you go. Or else I can project management manage it for an hourly fee to get it to completion. And I'd say probably 75% of the time I probably would manage it to completion. But sometimes you'll get people who just, you know, they may be quite like doing it themselves, but they're not sure. So they might get you to do the designs and put them in contact with different tradesmen that you could recommend and do that kind of thing. And then they might head off and do it themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And did that take you long then to... I suppose. Yeah. Get, can, get into that routine. Of, like I'd say, after the first couple of years, as you said, you were learning to. Yeah. To you have to do with people. Yeah, said well, Yeah, yeah. You
1: totally. You just at the beginning, you just have to say yes to everything. But you very quickly learn what you should say yes to. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? But sometimes you'll be halfway through something and go, ah. Eh? But you can't ignore. You can't ignore your guts. Yeah. Like I d- can genuinely tell from a consultation whether I should be working with someone or not. Yeah. Do you know? And yeah. it might be. It just might just be a gut feeling that maybe we're just slightly in a different page in terms of what I think they should be trying to achieve and what they want to achieve and you know that's why you have that as well you don't go straight into it sort of saying oh yeah let's d- design my whole house when you know maybe I have certain concepts or ideas that I think work better for it and they have something completely different and sure you know if that's the case then there's no point
0: so, mm. it doesn't I,
1: happen that often
0: yeah how, how hard is it then to to say no to people because like, people do find it hard. Like, I, <laughs> people ask me to do stuff especially face to face and can you do this for me? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I do find it hard to say no sometimes to people.
1: I'm terrible. Well, ge- I'm generally just, just appalling. being a nice person. No, but I'm generally appalling at saying no to people. So I sometimes do get myself in situations I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus, Carrie, how the hell did you manage that? Um, No, there's ways of doing it but I, a lot of the time I would just say, listen, I just, you know, lovely to meet you but I think perhaps you know what you're trying to achieve and what you know it's, I'm not best placed for there's
0: yeah you're almost <laughs> there's kind of polite
1: of, ways of going
0: yeah without giving your, without giving your secrets really right. yeah. yeah well what would you what it's, advice would you I'd say
1: if you've got one of those emails you know what I'm talking about I'm only joking. <laughs> it's been it happens very rarely very 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 um, rarely
0: well, sorry to anyone who might be listening but, um but I suppose just for us, any interior designer on their on their way up what advice yeah. maybe would you give them I, um, I, you would have started in your forties, then would you? Uh,
1: yeah, pro- yeah, probably late thirties. Yeah, late thirties, early forties. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's never too late. No, oh, no, jeez, no, it's never too late to do anything. Sure. Yeah. So what, what would your advice be dead. then? What's
0: that? <laughs> what would your advice be to someone then, maybe getting into it?
1: Um, I think I think practicality. I think there's lots of brilliant, like younger people that I work with. That I think there are a lot of people who are wonderful at, maybe the technical side of things. And sort of the sort of visualization of creating, you know, these amazing projects. But I think the two things that you really need to, to know as well is, you know, what's what's practical and also um, and what's what's practical and what's feasible. And also you need to be very, very good with people. Yeah. Like you can't underestimate how important it is to be like a people person in terms of the different types of people you have to deal with all the time yeah and they might have stress levels
0: yeah but you would have to get on with people as well like I couldn't imagine anything worse than going into a job and you know you're you're doing work with someone and you can't stand them but the thing is as well you're not but you're not
1: you're working in like you could be working in 10 different jobs at once with 10 lots of different you know groups of people within that as well so it's just it can like that can be quite full on yeah so it's just more for you know i think sometimes you may be a very creative and a very artistic person, but you might not necessarily be good at that part. But then if that's the case, and you work in a large architectural or design firm, you know, don't maybe start your own business yeah. because you'll have to do a bit of everything. I think that's the main thing.
0: Yeah, no, because like for me, like I love that I go in and I'll chat to everybody Yeah, you'll in the chat room. to anybody. You know? you chat but to the but there is people yeah. who just literally go in and and uh, they won't talk to them. Yeah, sure, yeah, we know yeah. one, but we won't name them. <laughs> um, who, who'd be like that do you know yeah. what I mean so like yeah. it, it is it can, it can be some people have really good skills in that respect yeah. creatively but maybe not so much from a yeah. from a personality point of view yeah. in, in terms of that they maybe are shy mm, or, or whatever mostly
1: so but that's not to say that there's not like a place for that type of person I mean everybody's you know if somebody's very very artistic and creative God, well, they've got a lot to give it's just you know you wouldn't necessarily recommend that you do it in your own yeah, you know, because you do have to be a bit of a jack of all trades if it is your own business. Mm. Because I do have a few people that work um, for me, and they're amazing. But you know, at the same time, if you're putting your name and your face to something, you kind of need to be out there a lot.
0: Yeah, and obviously you're representing as yourself, so you yeah. kind of do need to be, as you say, the face of it, but also
1: yeah, well, pr- it's a like presence. a brand. Yeah, exactly. So it's your own brand, I suppose, at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, well, I suppose, how do you? How do you manage the the business and family life then?
1: I'm um, I'm fairly kind of, oh, I, it's actually worked out very well. In fairness, because I think I work probably on average a lot more hours than I ever did when I worked in an office. But they're very flexible, and I'm now at a stage where my kids are all at school. But they, you know, they have various different things on. They finish school at different times, so how I work it is that you know you know obviously not during summer holidays. They're out in the morning, so if I need to do like design work or anything that requires any quiet time I do that in the morning then if I need to meet people then I can do that in the. I can pick them up from school then my childminder's here and then I can go out and meet people in the afternoon yeah. so I just make sure I don't have anyone
0: that's great it's so flexible
1: no so it's something. very flexible like I mean yeah. I probably work a lot more hours but I'm in charge of them so if I know that I need to do something next week and take somebody somewhere for like a dental appointment then I just make sure I don't meet anyone then yeah which is, which is the brilliant advantage about being your own boss now there's also an awful lot of head wrecks with it as well but
0: yeah, but, like, again, social media can be a total different thing. But it looks like you do—you uh, have a nice personal life. You can do things as well. Oh, so totally. I you know, I have a great
1: life. Like, I'm very lucky. Like, I mean, I would be very much an advocate of if you work hard, then you should enjoy yourself as well. Like, Absolutely. You yeah. Like, there's no point in working yourself into the ground and not enjoying it. And I do enjoy it. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, but, like... And take too many holidays.
0: But as you say, if you work hard enough, yeah. is there too many holidays, you know?
1: Yeah, just short holidays, yeah, though, Stephen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he will watch this as <laughs> well which is the best thing I know yeah. um, but like I think that's that's brilliant the way that you can you're obviously your family life and your business you can kind of pick and choose when you want to do things yeah. and stuff like that which is great and you know if, if more people instead of just kind of went down the traditional route of of maybe the office work yeah. where they're set and, they're, and that's all they know and they're living yeah. for the weekend and it's not really happiness you know what I mean no
1: not at all and like that's the thing because I because I am in charge of like you know, I can, if I have projects on that are very time consuming or if I find that I'm just working nuts hours for weeks or months, then I would be like, right, sort it, you know, I'll take a bit of time off. Yeah, And you do need to do it for your headspace as well
0: absolutely i think if you're working yourself to the bone you need a break and again you may need a holiday because <laughs> in, in in this holiday thing what i'm thinking about it's only a couple of days yeah it's a couple time. of days
1: at a time just it's in case like, anybody thinks i'm going off and like sort of jollies for like two weeks every yeah, two weeks. Yeah, yeah yeah i yeah. go for like short holidays more regularly yeah
0: yeah i suppose just uh we're coming to the end here a bit now so i i, I suppose to come to the business and do you foresee it? getting bigger will you branch out will you will you have more people on board with you or, or is it just solely the way you have it now
1: I think I'd like to grow a little I don't know whether I'd like to get to the stage where I have massive amounts of people working for me where you're not involved in the actual creative side yeah, you of the like business that you start. yeah well yeah. that's where you start I started doing it in the first place because I like doing this kind of thing but I think sometimes when you have so many a lot of employees then you, you spend more time managing people than actually doing what you started off doing in the first place so yeah, so I would like to grow it, keep kind of growing it, but not to the stage where I wasn't actively involved every day, I think.
0: Yeah, because I think you do always, when you're an owner of something, you yeah. do have to have kind of um, an yeah. overview of everything yeah, because, of, it, again, it's your brand. Yeah. So if, if something goes wrong and it comes back ultimately to you, even yeah. though maybe you're not the one.
1: And also, to, as well, no, totally. And the thing is as well, also, I don't, I don't want to be the person that, divvies out work and doesn't actually do the work themselves. Yeah, I'm a bit of a control freak, I'm afraid. Yeah, but I'm like that with with uh, our... You know, it's good to have have people that work with you, that help you, but I don't... I wouldn't like to get the stage where I wasn't doing a good part of the work myself. It's just, you know, that's why I went into it in the first place, because I enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I think um, obviously in the new year um, people will be able to see some of the work you don't. Um, yeah. I won't go into too much detail. We've been asked mm. not to talk about it. Yeah, no,
1: no, totally. But we have done a lot of projects this year in particular, um, which should be out in the next few months, um, which kind of showcase what we can do.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, think. people will, will. Yeah, I think you'll, you'll actually benefit a lot from that as well.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. But, um, at the end of the day, like I do think that television and social media are, you know, are great. But I think it's basically people who you've done work for recommending you to other people that's the most important thing mm.
0: and the people you meet along the way yeah. yeah exactly well Kerry listen well said um fantastic thank you very much for your you're time you're welcome and uh, i want to wish you the best luck with your business thanks hopefully i'll be working with you again soon yes something else yeah um yeah where can the people follow you uh if they're looking to find your interior design and maybe yourself as well you uh,
1: so i would be um hiddleston interior design i think it's hiddleston underscore interior underscore design and then my personal one of all my many holiday <laughs> holidays <laughs> is just is Carrie underscore Hildson.
0: Yeah. Okay. Perfect. But for the
1: design one, I wouldn't bother with the other one.
0: Okay. Unless you like holiday. Vibes. Unless you
1: like holiday photos. <laughs> yeah.
0: Stuff. Um. Yeah. So if you're listening on a uh, podcast, um, Spotify or Apple or any of the podcast platforms, uh, please give it a five star rating. Leave your feedback in the comments and if you're watching on YouTube, like the video and uh subscribe as well. I'm trying to get the numbers up on the subscribes because there's only a hundred and something, so sort that out, please. Um yeah. We'll <laughs> I don't s- know
1: if this is gonna sort out for ah, you Paul. Well, <laughs> one you at like a time, isn't that what might try
0: Um so yeah, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Don't forget to like the video and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for watching.